0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Danny Cola Podcast with me, Danny Cola Pietro. My goal here is to record a thought-provoking podcast covering areas like fitness, nutrition, business, education, culture, goal-setting, mindset, things that will impact people in a positive manner. I really enjoy having these conversations with interesting people. I learn so much. And I, I know it impacts me, and I hope it impacts you guys out there listening. So if you could, share this podcast. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for the support. On Much Midwest. less On today's episode of the podcast, we have powerlifter, gym owner, and nutrition guru, Mike Sell from Midwest Strength and Performance. This guy is super smart, super interesting, and I was lucky enough to catch him in the middle of this very interesting study. Mike was doing three eight-week increments of just eating Chipotle, doing a vegan diet, and McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He did each of those diets in their own eight-week increments, and he tracked everything from blood work, his blood glucose, his caloric intake, Body composition, cholesterol, and even his mood. So please, everybody, enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. It was awesome. And if you like what you hear, please share. The Danny Cola podcast, much love. Dude, this is
1: awesome, man. This is cool.
0: Yeah, this is, I mean, Thank you. This is real basic stuff, and Mm -hmm. I'm learning just how to. I'm learning how to do this myself too. I've been.
1: I didn't get to listen to your podcast. Yes, I. I, I've been meaning to. It's just it's been real busy last week or two.
0: Yeah. No. So I'm doing. I'm doing an entire rebrand. Okay. Nice. So I. I mean, look. I just started podcasting eight months, nine months ago because I like listening to them. Yeah. And then I was just like, I like having conversations with people. I think the conversations that I have sometimes spark something. They spark something. I like to dig deep. I like to go deep in my own head, and I just like to pick up as much from somebody and learn as much as i can you're you're a wise man yeah
1: yeah i think like you as well i really just like listening well for sure man and the
0: second i got here for that on it kettlebell class which was fantastic by the way but you come in here you see five guys like yourselves young driven guys that are doing something great that needs to get personified Mm -hmm. people need to see that young guys like you are doing that shit so that They can get inspired, too. And Mm -hmm. I got to say, like, you guys are doing a great thing here. And then I started to listen to you talk when we were in there. And Mm -hmm. you were just spitting off information. And I just wanted to keep listening to what you said and what you were saying. So naturally, I'm like, all right, Mike, (laughs) let's uh, let's set up a day where we can talk. And since you guys are in the business, you know, podcasting is a great way to get information out there. It's another form of a fitness session. Yeah. You know, conversations are great. You pick Mm -hmm. somebody's brain, you start to think about things on another level, and that just makes you better as an individual, and then you can promote more good out there and pick up another person, which is what it's all about anyways.
1: Awesome. Yep.
0: You feel me? I feel ya. Appreciate <laughs> you having me, Danny. This is cool. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you having me in here. So let's get right into it. And I want you to tell me a little bit about this like diet stuff that you've been doing the last three months. So we are talking a little bit before the podcast. So you did a study, a legit study, mm-hmm. where you were doing a vegan diet for eight weeks, Chipotle diet for eight weeks, um, McDonald's diet for eight weeks, and mm-hmm. what was the other one?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's, that's correct. Like just those
0: three? Yep. Okay, cool. So just like take me through that.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, we started with uh, Chipotle for eight weeks okay. and then we went vegan and now we're currently at McDonald's We're on day five. Um,
0: so you go through all these workouts yeah you, I mean you go through you go through these diets of just sure. this and then like break down a little I guess you sh- we can break down like your background when it comes to exercise <laughs> and what kind of workouts you do.
1: Yeah so I'm a competitive powerlifter. I competed in a- APF uh, nationals. My last meet was actually worlds in September. Um so I was fortunate enough to take away best lifter at that meet. Um so typically that's kind of my my thing, powerlifting it's and like, sports yeah. performance. Uh but I also have a very large interest in nutrition. I graduated from Wean College uh last year with a Bachelor of Science in Applied Health Science. And my favorite courses there were the nutrition courses. That's where I learned the most. And with this study, uh, my wife and I, we both have been pretty fed up with a lot of the uh, pseudoscience that has been perpetrated recently. Um, We are really kind of disturbed how most people, they get their nutrition information either from social media Mm -hmm. or from a Netflix documentary, which oftentimes they clearly have an agenda. We are filming a documentary as well with this study, but... We don't really have an agenda. We do not care. You're just doing uh, a study what the results, exactly. Not the results. Right. Exactly. What they are. And we even when we start before we started the study, we reached out to Chipotle and McDonald's to see if they wanted to be a part of it in any way, subsidize the food. And it, it was interesting when I uh, uh, when I went into McDonald's and I talked to one of the owners at a local McDonald's. He he said. Uh, how can I trust you that this isn't propaganda like supersize me? And (laughs) I looked him in the eye and I I said, look, you you can't trust me. You don't know who I am. But at the end of the day, I don't care what our research finds, whether it promotes any of the three diets. This is purely curiosity based. Um, We're just excited to do this.
0: Well, then you can take all that information that you're gaining from all this. Exactly. And then bring bring it here and really tell the people the truth based on a study that you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, and with this case study, uh so we're doing these three diets. We're keeping the calories the same for every dietary period. We're keeping the macronutrient breakdown the same as well. Um so we are we're going 50% carbohydrate, 25% fat, 25% protein. We did a 2-week lead-in um to figure out what our maintenance calories were so we calculate our calories on each day. There was no net change in weight, so we were able to average out the calories and have those be our maintenance. Uh, we're partnered with in College on this study as well as a prominent researcher out in Norway named Adam Zur, who's going to oh. help. We're publishing a paper with it as well, um, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, so some, some of the markers we're looking at, we're looking at C-reactive protein, which is a measure of inflammation, HbA1c. I got to
0: take notes, man. Yeah, me- keep, measure for uh,
1: potential uh, diabetes, uh, that one's interesting as HbA1c won't fully change for 121, 120 days as that's the uh, life length of a red blood cell. But eight weeks is enough time to get some type of statistical change if there's going to be a change um, for some of the older red blood cells, that is. Uh, we're also looking at cholesterol. Um, we're looking at body fat percentage using a DEXA scanner. We're analyzing mood, uh, doing a profile mood state test once a week. Um, It's a psychological evaluation that was designed in the 70s uh, by a man named McNair, I believe, out in UC Diego. It's a 65-question evaluation looking at confusion, depression, how you feel. Um, We're looking at blood pressure, blood glucose, body weight. We're tracking our water intake as well, our sleep.
0: Dude, this is a full-time job, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, it, it is taking a lot of time. Um we I did not realize how much time this would take when we started, but once we started, you got to go through it We full. told so many people we were going to do it, so
0: <laughs> this is so interesting. I didn't know it was this extensive. I just thought you were doing this like just to do it. I didn't know that you got a lot of, you know, you got the university involved and yeah. you know, you're publishing a paper. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, look, th- we've been misled for a long time when it comes to nutrition. We mm-hmm. get advertising that's you know, false can we say that for Which sure it's false you yep. know and then a lot of people are mis- misguided and misled and next thing you know 2018 we have an obesity crisis we have heart disease we have mental issues mm-hmm. we for have sure. you know all that shit and we try to fix it i mean we keep, i don't know like what what do you recommend th- where this direction goes for you know i guess the future um, for, like,
1: the study itself,
0: or or, or like, just in general, as far as like the population and people, yeah, like, you know, like, we're, we're in a spot right now where a lot of America is sick, yeah, a lot of America doesn't exercise, a lot of America doesn't know, they're just ignorant of what yeah. food does to their body, yeah, you know what I mean, so, like, what do you what
1: it's, it's interesting, and there, there's a lot of uh, type of theories out there that try to explain why society is getting less healthy in some areas. Um, for a while, we thought, well, maybe it's because people are eating too much sugar. It's the sugar that's the issue. And what we found is since the 70s, sugar consumption has actually decreased drastically okay. while obesity has increased drastically. Um, so it's not the sugar. So, so what is it? And my argument would be uh, people nowadays want what is convenient. And mm-hmm. oftentimes what is convenient is food that is highly palatable typically highly palatable food is food that is high in sugar and fat so that combination together i'm hard pressed to say that sugar is addictive on its own there's actually there's a good meta analysis that was published real recently looking at all the data and what they found was it's not addictive but sugar and fat together it uh
0: now, ta- you're talking trans fat together.
1: Uh, well, any type of so Hi- fat in general. So fat, Saturated, unsaturated fat. Yeah, saturated, fat. unsaturated, mixed with sugar. That combination, uh, people tend to overeat. So we're thinking cakes, we're thinking donuts, mm-hmm. uh, burgers, yeah. pizza. Usually those are high-fat, high-carbohydrate foods. Mm-hmm. They're usually higher in calories. And because they're higher in calories and they taste real good, people overeat. And it's the increased calori- caloric intake mixed with the lack of activity that is increasing obesity um which is also increasing cardiovascular disease cancer right and all sorts of things right.
0: interesting i mean like i was going a- along those lines that sugar was like obviously sugar is not the best for you you know like limited i guess in limited amounts you want them right if somebody yeah. if somebody's overweight somebody's obese and you're looking at what they're what they're doing a lot of times it's Juice and pop yeah. and a lot of sugary beverages that are taking a lot of that caloric intake. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that sugar that's going in and be, supposed to be utilized for energy isn't being utilized as energy and a lot of it's getting stored as body fat mm-hmm. and
1: you know so it, i think it does play a role yeah oh. you nail on the head it definitely empty so sugary beverages they don't increase uh, satiation levels meaning they don't fill you up real right, well right so if they don't fill you up you're gonna be more likely to overeat yeah so you want to try the best route i typically find is finding foods that are high in volume Mm -hmm. so foods nutrient dense yeah nutrient dense food fiber protein because these are the foods that are going to fill you up and keep you from overeating yeah you could go on in theory you could go on an all-sugar diet and lose weight but it would be difficult uh one you'd be miserable because you wouldn't have protein so you'd probably lose some muscle mass but it'd be very difficult to get into a caloric deficit as well but sugar on its own is not an evil sugar actually is very beneficial sure um for just Thinking, uh, the brain uses about 25% of our glucose per day. Um, also, uh, sugar is important for performance in the gym. So 100%. if you're a strength athlete, uh, it's very critical. Um, at the same time, a lot of people have had a lot of success with the ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. And what we found is, looking at the literature, on average, when at ad- libidin, someone puts themselves on the ketogenic diet, they typically lower their calories by 600. And that, that could be because the food uh, is boring. So yeah. you're less likely to overeat something that's high in yeah. like, fat on its own. Uh,
0: yeah, not even that. It's just it's filling. It's filling. You don't, exactly. you don't find people going like overdosing on salad. No, you, you don't. Know? And that you eat enough steak it's, or chicken or beef it, or whatever. Exactly. Or you know, pork. That whatever food's whatever very is. filling because of the yeah.
1: protein. It's lower calories. Yeah. Uh, so protein's more filling. If you get into ketosis, ketones could... Uh, uh, potentially uh, suppress appetite
0: mm-hmm. um, increase energy levels i mean the mental focus i mean i, I i've i haven't gone like straight keto mm-hmm. but i've learned to like carb cycle yeah and that's, and that's a
1: real easy way to get into a caloric deficit and whenever you get into a caloric deficit oftentimes you're going to see an improvement in mood mental focus as you said mm-hmm. energy levels oftentimes people they associate that as the carbs being bad but I would argue that's more just the calories the decrease in calories providing the benefit ah. and there's lots of ways to do that when you're a strength athlete you the biggest thing you want is to keep the protein high so you sure. have to decrease the calories. some other area sure carbs and fat are two ways to do sure so. I've de-
0: or whatever but like built you yeah. know because I was I've been lifting weights but just eating whatever I wanted no calorie restriction. Nothing, you know. Um, so then I stumbled upon eating more high fat, a lot, of, a lot more vegetables. And then I would cut all sort of starchy carb out mm-hmm. for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I got a lot of weight loss. Um, and I stayed down. And I stayed down. And then I would just kind of like periodically put carbs into my, into my diet Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I would go back to no carb at all Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, I saw a lot of body fat drop. I, uh, I saw that a lot more muscle mass started to, to build up on me, but I did notice over time with this, because mm-hmm. my my carbohydrate intake was much lower than what was before, mm-hmm. my numbers decreased a little bit in yeah. the gym, and I definitely felt a little weaker. You yeah. know what I'm saying?
1: And I, I've done, I've done actually, when I look to cut weight, I find that type of strategy works really well. I find it's really easy to follow. It's nice because you don't really have to track things. Usually, you just right. put yourself into a right. deficit. Right, right. So this past summer, I got married, and I cut 40 pounds, and I used a very similar strategy where I would put carbs around my workouts just for performance purposes. So I'd, I'd actually have... My favorite carb is the Mickey Mouse waffle. So I'd have a yeah, couple boy. of the, <laughs> couple of those before my workout. Um, I'd have all-you-can-eat sushi like once a week around my workout. But on my rest days, I was just eating vegetables and protein. So I was going into probably a 1 to 1500 uh, caloric deficit on my rest days and even mm-hmm. if, I was, if i was in a slight surplus during my training days my weekly deficit was uh, pretty pronounced and i was able to lose weight while keep the performance high.
0: Let's talk a little bit numbers wise. So you're how, how much do you weigh right now?
1: Currently i weigh 216.
0: 216 511. Yeah, 511. 511. Okay. Um what are how many calories do you give
1: yourself a day on training days? Yeah, so currently with the study that we're doing, we're, we're, we have to keep the calories the same each day. Yeah, um, so what I was is it? supposed to do 3,300, but we weighed our Chipotle uh, food each week, and what we found was they didn't meet their label claim, so we were actually put into a 19% caloric deficit. So I was really getting like 2,700 calories. My wife was supposed to get 1,900. She actually got 1,500. Okay. Uh, so we lost weight. Uh, but typically if we want to maintain 3,300, but curr- but currently we're doing 2,700. And what we did was we changed the calories to 2,700 and 1,500 something for the vegan. And then the same for McDonald's just to keep that consistency from diet to diet. Uh, that way it's not the calories that would change the market. What's
0: what's your hypothesis? What's your idea of how you're gonna feel during these workouts when you're just having each diet? So let's start. Yeah. So let's start with Great question. Um the vegan diet. You're yeah. a power lifter, you're doing deadlifts, bench, mm-hmm. squat, clean, press, those Natural power clean movements, correct?
1: Yeah, just just squat, bench, deadlift. So it's even simpler.
0: Okay, so you're just doing that, yeah, all the time.
1: That, and then accessories to promote uh, strength gains within those movements. Okay, mm-hmm. all right.
0: So, like, what was your idea of how? So, how were you going to feel during those three exercises or your workouts yeah. just on the vegan diet? Yeah. So the
1: vegan diet, we actually felt very poor especially starting out by the end of the diet our profile mood state scores is improved um, but our vigor or essentially like mojo energy passion whatever you want to call it was decreased throughout Interesting. so our strength uh, our numbers in the gym uh decreased during the vegan diet even when calories and macros were kept the same this could be due to a number of uh, reasons we didn't supplement during the diet so it could have been a lack of vitamin b12 uh uh, vegan diet has very little creatine, really none. Mm-hmm. So, our creatine levels could have gone down. Meat has a fair amount of creatine. Vegans tend to uh, respond better to creatine because they don't get any in their diet. So, it tends to help them more with strength gains. So, we got depletion there. That's our iron levels could have gone down. The iron in plants is less bioavailable than in meat. That could have affected our energy. Also, protein quality in vegetables is not as good either. Um, So there's some amino acids that you're going to miss out on. Oftentimes, you have to kind of combine different plants to get better amino acid scores. Uh, The sulfuric amino acids, those are usually, you get those in meat. Uh, So because of this, and I've looked at a fair amount of research, vegans typically need more protein than those that eat meat because the protein quality is less. Generally, I recommend a vegan to get 20% more protein than the average uh, normal consumer, which it's already hard to get protein on a vegan yeah. diet. So they go 20% over, which is probably necessary because of the lack of amino acids, is difficult. But those are some of the reasons why we think our strength, motivation, whatnot, suffered a little bit. Interesting. During the vegan Did you portion. think that was going to happen? Um, we had a feeling... Because of vitamin B12 supplies energy. So we had a feeling that those markers would change. To the extent they changed, we weren't expecting that.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so, like, it's wild. Because, you know, you can only talk about what you hear. You can always, you know, you read about information with vegans and energy levels. And are they healthy? Are they not? You know, people are going to go vegan for their own reasons, which is great, you know. Yeah whatever works for you, works for you. Exactly. Um, But then actually (laughs) experimenting with that and going that that extra mile is very interesting. Um, And not to say that just because that happened with you, it's going to happen with somebody else. Exactly. And that's what we
1: want to make clear is this is a case study of two. So it's difficult to extrapolate this type of information. We're doing this to promote further discussion.
0: Yeah, and being thought provoking, which I appreciate. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Okay, so let's go to the Chipotle diet. Yeah, uh, that's my go-to fast food. Awesome. I, I typically like you know I like to stick with what the diet I was telling you about. You know I go uh, a lot of um, fatty meats. I do a lot of vegetables. I don't typically calculate my macros. I just kind of. You know, if get, you're
1: doing meats, vegetables, you really don't have yeah, to. Yeah,
0: you know it's just primal stuff, and it and it works, right? Mm-hmm. So I go with that, and then mm-hmm. I, I don't do any rice or anything mm-hmm. in, in the Chipotle. I do a lot of the avocado, and like I said, if my wife and I don't want to cook that day, we're going to Chipotle yeah. to kind of you know make sure we're getting quality food, and uh, I always feel great. Yeah, my, for sure. During my workouts when I have that, and I never mm-hmm. feel like I just had fast food. So with Chipotle, what was your th- thinking going into it and what were the results
1: yeah so going into chipotle and again we don't know all the results yet we did measure all our blood pressure every day heart rate blood glucose weight dexa body fat all that but that's in a spreadsheet it has not been averaged out yet so we don't know what our blood levels are either we're keeping those hidden so that we don't have any bias that could increase stress great or whatnot and we're only on day five of mcdonald's so the results are inconclusive thus far but with talk the, about how
0: you felt with the chipotle yeah
1: man. so with chipotle our profile mood state test improved significantly hmm. so we scored you want a low score low, the lower the score the better it goes from a range of like negative 50 or so don't quote me uh to a pretty high positive number okay like 200 or something i forget um but, anyways, our score on Chipotle improved from week to week to week to week. By the end, I scored a perfect score in the category of depression. Some of this, though, could be because we were in a caloric deficit, because Chipotle underdosed our calories. Uh, we were losing weight. And typically, when you're in a caloric deficit, you're losing weight. Not an extreme one, but a slight one. Your mood's going to improve. So, some of that could have been that. It could also been the convenience factor. We didn't have to. W- we wait it once a week, but besides that, we just had to go pick up the Chipotle. Right. Uh, so that's nice. Plus, They're so fast. It's fast. <laughs> it tastes really, really good. Yeah. Um. It's higher sodium, which uh, probably helps us with our workouts as well. Mm. So we noticed our strength was much higher on Chipotle than on vegan. Our mood was much better on Chipotle. Uh, for Chipotle, I ate the same thing every day. I had two double wrap burritos, double white rice, double brown rice double chicken, uh, double or uh, both beans. So single white rice, single brown rice. So not double of both, but double rice overall food. Yeah. Uh, Both beans, the lettuce, uh, double corn, fajita veggies. So I had two of those suckers every day. One was single wrapped. One was double wrapped. And then my wife had one mega burrito, uh, triple wrapped, like triple meat. She changed it every now and then, but kept the calories and the macros in a very small range. Um, double, uh, double rice, double beans. So she had this huge uh, sitch, this this big wow. burrito. We would spread it on to three meals. We would get our food at night, and that way we could have our breakfast, our lunch, and our dinner. Yeah. So it's burrito, burrito, burrito. And surprisingly, it didn't get old. We love Chipotle. We're two of their biggest fans. <laughs> so. Uh, it, we were really doing something good. <laughs> we enjoyed it. It was good.
0: That's very... Dude, that's so... And then to, to be as disciplined as you guys are, to get that for every day for eight weeks, Yeah, that's not easy.
1: To Props d- to my wife. I'm a little weird, <laughs> so I'm a little bit of an oddball, but she likes food. And so for her to do this, especially our first year of marriage, uh, we're going to be celebrating our first uh, wedding anniversary with uh, McDonald's. Congratulations. Thanks. So That's great. Yeah, it. for her to be willing to do that uh it's a huge testament to her, so yeah, so
0: is her background in fitness as well and yeah,
1: so she's a competitive power lifter as well. Okay. She went to school for political science um she currently works in sales in the city uh but she's played sports her whole life. Extremely athletic. Cool. She's, she's strong. She's deadlifted 319. Cool
0: well, kudos to you guys in doing this and staying with it because I think a lot of valuable information is going to come from it. Thanks. Yeah, man. So that's Chipotle's my go-to. Now, talk yeah. about McDonald's because here's, here's my thing on it. Sure. Like, I think McDonald's quality of food is awful. Mm-hmm. And I... Personally, feel like crap every time I have it. Yeah. And well, what
1: do you typically order at McDonald's? So I'll get
0: like a if I go to McDonald's, and the last time I had it was at a McDonald's in Taipei, Taiwan. Okay. In the in the mall over there, like we were waiting yeah. to go back <laughs> home, right? And I, I got married as well. Nice. Last summer, and we went on a honeymoon. Thanks, man. Um, so the last time I had it, it was I had a quarter pounder, uh, and I get a fry, and that's it, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, sometimes I get the breakfast but rarely rarely ever but yeah it's typically a quarter pounder fries and that's it
1: awesome yeah so all right
0: let's talk about uh, so i think it's awful it makes me feel like crap (laughs) yeah and what you're on day five of this
1: yeah we're on day five we noticed an immediate improvement we don't have any scores to uh necessarily uh Back it so, up. Yeah, back this up for sure. We haven't take a pro- taken a profile mood state test yet, so and we're only on day five. But immediately, we we noticed a huge increase in not only mood but energy. So it was the first day <laughs> back in my the gym a couple days ago, uh, or first day at McDonald's. That is, I felt like I finally had my mojo again. My pump was up. That could have been because of the sodium. Uh, we're getting our vitamin B12 again uh from the meat creatine levels are probably going up some but we we just felt a lot better we each did uh energy is through the roof what what was the one you did before the mcdonald's one vegan vegan so it could just be uh there's such a difference there it's funny i posted a survey on my social media asking people uh do they think the majority of markers of health will improve or worsen on McDonald's in comparison to vegan? And I, probably they were trolling, but 75% said that they'd improve on McDonald's. Um, we'll see. Uh, I don't think cholesterol will improve. There's more meristic saturated fat, which is the type of saturated fat that's been shown in some literature to increase uh, cholesterol levels. Calories will would play a larger role in cholesterol levels than saturated fat. Some saturated Mm. fat doesn't even increase cholesterol like steric acid, which is in chocolate. But yeah, anyways, going back. So thus far, uh, we, we feel better on McDonald's. We both do. We're more productive during the day. I have more passion for life. I'm much more enthusiastic and people around me have noticed a difference in the put a little background on me i'm not an avid mcdonald's consumer i'm an avid chipotle consumer <laughs> i eat a lot of chicken a lot of steak but i don't really go to mcdonald's the reason we chose mcdonald's is because like you said it's seen as being super 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 unhealthy yeah um they have done a lot of things recently to uh revamp their quality they're using 100 percent usda beef using 100% chicken, which even Subway can't say. Uh, Subway so is a, chicken is rubber. It's Yeah, there's a university in Canada that did a test on it, and they found that 50% of it's chicken, 50% of it's something else. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, McDonald's has this uh, – there's a perception based around it. And there is a certain type of person, most likely, that eats at McDonald's. There's a stereotype. But it, it all comes down to what you, you order. And if you keep the calories and the macros – at maintenance, it's interesting to see what actually will happen. There's a man, a professor down in, uh, I believe, uh, South Tampa University, and he had in a deficit at McDonald's for six months. He lost like 60 pounds. His cholesterol went from 220 to 170, something around there. Marcus for Health improved because he was in a deficit and he ate a quarter pound or McDouble every day. Uh, our diet, it's quote unquote probably healthier than most people at McDonald's. We eat I eat three grilled chicken sandwiches a day, but then I also eat a quarter pounder every day. Uh, I eat the, the hotcakes and the syrup every day, uh, McMuffin, um, a yogurt parfait. What we found with McDonald's was it's real easy to get your fat, so the fat goes through the roof. It was a lot harder to get our carbs and protein. So the carbs and protein at McDonald's were really hard to come by. And this so you're kind not of,
0: eating fries and you're not drinking any the pop.
1: No, we're not drinking any the pop. The fries are like pure fat. So yeah. again, going back to what we said before, a lot of people blame sugar. But if you just look at the macros at McDonald's, it's actually mostly fat. No, I don't think fat's evil. I don't think any macro is evil. I think it's that combination of sugar and fat that is highly addictive that gets people to overeat. Like the average person that goes to McDonald's, they go for the Coke, which is sugar. Mm-hmm. They go for the fries, which is fat. Mm-hmm. That in tandem that's not going to fill you up you're going to keep on eating so it's a a combination that's dangerous but we're not drinking the coke Uh, we didn't drink soda on chipotle we didn't drink soda i haven't had soda since 2009 Uh, so we didn't do soda during vegan Um, we're trying to keep things uniform no alcohol throughout the study no smoking of any kind um yeah
0: dude this is amazing it's amazing it's like go eat McDonald's now guys yeah. I have a workout routine. <laughs>
1: that's our fear we don't want we're not trying to say you got to eat McDonald's yeah. I'm a dietary agnostic you can do a lot of different diets and get healthy yeah it for comes sure. down mostly to calories and macronutrients with the McDonald's diet we are lacking in phytonutrients and micronutrients are one our vegetable and fruit consists of like the berries they put in the yogurt the tomato and the lettuce they put on the sandwiches so it's definitely lacking we yeah. probably will incorporate some salads Um, So there are some things with each one of these diets, because they're so specific, there will be nutrients lacking. And I wouldn't (laughs) recommend just eating one of the three. But I want to show people that – and I wants want to show people that you probably can eat a wide variety and be okay. Of course, who knows?
0: Sure. Like, you know, so this is good too because – You know, people are going to come into your gym and, you know, they're going to listen to this podcast or whatever, and they're going to ask us nutrition questions and come to us as, you know, I hate the word... um Guru, or yeah, guru. I'm more of like an enthusiast. Yeah, I, I like this shit and I like learning along with the people. You're a man you know? of passion, yeah, for sure. And I, that's why I'm coming here to get all this information. But like, that's moderation at its finest. See what mm-hmm. works with your body, and when it comes to developing an eating style for a client, yeah, or developing it for somebody who's interested in losing weight or mm-hmm. get just getting healthier. You can tailor it along to what they like so that it doesn't become this tedious Mm -hmm. task and you know, there's just all this frustration and and all that with it, you know?
1: Couldn't you agree more.
0: So I you know, I commend you for that. It's pretty cool. Uh and then kind of like just maybe go a little bit more in depth with the workout routine. So how many reps and sets are you doing?
1: Yeah. How intense does it get? Are you wearing Mm -hmm. a heart rate monitor strap? Yeah, we don't we don't have a heart rate monitor strap. Um we both Utilize a basic phasic structure of programming. So we use general periodization, block training.
0: Three-week, three four-week three four week increments?
1: Yeah, so we do four-week mesocycles typically. Um, if training's going really well, we may push back the deload uh, before we go to the next phase. If training's going really cruddy, we may incorporate an earlier deload. Uh, the way we structure it early on in our training, early phases, we're focusing on hypertrophy. In the key to hypertrophy phase is we're trying to build the reps from week to week on major compound movements. From 8
0: to 12-ish?
1: Um, we'll keep the reps, yeah, 8 to 12-ish. Uh, it, maybe add on another set or two. So early on, it's less about increasing intensity or weight, more about just getting the reps up. Three to five sets maximum. Yeah, and over time, our adaptive volume increases. So maybe early in a training cycle, we start at like one or two sets. As we get into the fourth week, we may be at six or seven because um, volume is adaptive and of course every individual is different so people have a different minimal effective volume which they must do to evoke some type of adaptation people have a different different maximal recoverable volume where training past it you'd be overreaching and you save those for uh, special times that type of training um, but yes yeah, so the general idea is early on for the first four weeks we generally are looking to increase volume in a high rep range from there we deload we go to more a quote-unquote quote strength range. Um we try to increase intensity now. So we're trying to add weight to the bar. Uh one style of training we, we use is we always do our heaviest set first. Hmm. That way we can see that greater linear progression and fatigue doesn't wipe away our fitness too early on yeah. in the training. Yeah. And then from there we do our down sets. And depending on how we're feeling that way, we can better auto regulate uh, our volume so if we're feeling good we can add in more volume and whatnot so the golden strength is to increase intensity and we don't want preceding volume or cumulative fatigue to inhibit that so we have to get the uh, increase first and then from there depending on how we feel we can alter other areas uh, hmm. increase accessories how whatnot. long would
0: you say that you use that style of training the going the heaviest first
1: heaviest first oh probably been powerlifting for a little while now. I really started using it when I started training with FXD, Team FXD, and Wheaton with Coach Mark Stevens. He's one of the greatest powerlifting coaches in the world, in my opinion. Uh, so we started using him with him. I've done a lot of uh, some of the people I really like to listen to is Chad Wesley Smith, Max aida over at Juggernaut Training Systems. So it's a method that they've used with their athletes, and it seems to be the most beneficial uh, mechanism for increasing strength.
0: Very interesting that's that's really cool man um cool all right so like where can people find you because i i like you're blowing my mind with this information you're throwing at me i'm gonna have to listen to this podcast probably like three or four times just to kind of take in what you're saying and then go back and listen to how you're feeling through all those different styles of eating which is super important and sticking to it Mm -hmm. um where can people find you
1: yeah, so you can find me at Midwest Strength and Performance. Our gym is located in uh, West Chicago, uh, 245 West Roosevelt, uh, Building 2, Unit 9. If you go on our website, mspgym.com, we're like right next to Wheaton. Uh, you can also find me on social media, Mikey Swell. Mikey Swell. <laughs> yeah, my name is Mike Sell, so that's how we came up with that. M-I-K-E-Y-S-W-E-L-L.
0: Cool. And... Uh, my. I guess we can wrap it up like this. When are you going to start your own talk show podcast slash Yeah, so I've
1: been really inspired by you, Danny. Uh, All right. I, I think this is awesome what you do. I, I love your Appreciate passion it. and hunger. Appreciate it. Um, and your encouragement. So yeah. hopefully in the next couple of weeks, a buddy of mine uh, named Kai Libby, we went to school together at WIIN. He's really into neuroscience. Him and me, we're planning on starting one. He has a lot of equipment to get that going. We're partnered in training some lacrosse players and whatnot. Uh, so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we get a podcast going. You know what, man? That sounds awesome, and
0: I would listen to that every single day. You got some knowledge to spit, and I, like you know, I want to be around guys like you and guys that open up this gym because you know we're like minded, and exactly. you guys are hungry as well and driven, and yeah, you got and, the fire, and knowledgeable man. man. I just I want to I want to take in as much as I can because you know, I think it's important. That's all. I just think it's important. I think like good people need to put their stuff out there and other people need to talk about (laughs) what good they're doing. Yeah. I love love that mindset. Yeah, dude. So thanks again uh, for having me over here and doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hell uh, hell yeah, man. This is great. Uh, So guys, check out the podcast. We're doing a huge rebrand right now and uh, I'm going to go into that more in depth in a little bit. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. That was the podcast. That's uh, the Danny Cola podcast. That's the rebrand I was talking about. From Donnie and the Machine to now just the Danny Cola podcast. So that was it. Interesting, huh? A nutritional agnostic. It just goes to show, guys, you got to find what works for your body uh, and be consistent with something and really understand and see how your body and your mind react to a certain way of eating. Uh, How it helps or hurts you in the gym and in your everyday life Uh, thanks again mike it was a great freaking conversation uh, and i look forward to doing this in the future so please like share subscribe to the danny cola podcast on itunes and soundcloud and subscribe to my youtube channel danny cola fitness thanks again to the sponsors tone up club personal training studio in Ridge, and elemental float and cryotherapy They're doing some great things over there. Please go see them. $20 off your first float or cryotherapy session. Uh, Check out toneupclub.com. 25% off small group training if you use promo code FIT. Thank you again, everybody, uh, and much love. Thank you for the support.